What is going on, everybody? Welcome into Anti Up. I'm your host, Howard Bender. And yes, Adam Rona still on vacation. I don't even know where he is. It's like uh, like a Where's Waldo in uh, for fantasy analysts all over the place. So we continue to keep our red carpet rolled out for a string of fantastic guests. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight's guest, uh, you know him as my co-host over on uh, Getting Buzzed on Fantasy Alarm TV. You also know him uh, at Fighting Chance on Twitter. You might know him from all of his, uh, his brackets that he posts. Ladies and gentlemen, Ryan Hallam. What? is up dude not too much man i appreciate you bringing me on what's this vacation i don't know what that is i know right well you know listen we all we all need some time to to recharge the batteries at least at some point right we do i'm i'm lying I, i'm going away at the end of the uh, july but I, I gotta bust adam's balls here for while he's not on the show you are you didn't, you didn't put in for any time off with me i didn't see anything on the schedule here but oh, um i guess we'll talk about that later Ah, all right. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, uh, you know, just as long as that work is in there beforehand, listen, lots to talk about here. Let's let's acquaint you with uh with with the Annie Up podcast uh audience out there. Cause I'm sure there's some out there who listen for uh for like me and Adam or just Adam, probably. Um, so it's a different audience than you might get in the fantasy alarm uh chat rooms and uh, getting buzzed. So, uh, Rye, um, hi, how are you? Give, give a little something about yourself here. Tell tell the people who you is. Oh, man, I've been I was one of the original Fantasy Alarm members back at the very, very beginning uh, with Jeff Manns. Uh, built this this rocket ship from the start. Never was anything like it is now. I mean, you've taken it to, to new heights. Uh, at, at this point now, I do uh, a lot of uh, MLB DFS content. I do some uh, seasonal NFL pieces, one of the game previews, uh, wide receiver article, and basically anything else that's, that's asked. I co-host on the Family Times podcast. I co-host with you on Getting Buzzed. Uh, do a lot of the projection work on the site that's uh, you know behind the scenes. And uh, geez, I, I guess it's, it's, I'm, I'm all over the place, I guess. You are all over the place. <laughs> you are all over, because not because in addition to all the fantasy alarm and the fanjections uh, responsibilities you have uh, with the company, you also find time to um, to come up with some of the more creative things. Um, you're always good for a great top ten list on getting buzzed. But these brackets that you do, and I think you should tell everybody about these. Uh, you know, I mean, it, it, God, man. It was like it was it started off that it was like an alternative to NCAA March Madness brackets. But now, man, I feel like you do at least two or three sets of these a year. Yeah. The funny thing is, I started it all the way back when I was uh, on my own at Fighting Chance Fantasy. And it was it coincided with the NCAA tournament. And really, I started it as a way to try to drive people to the site for a different way. Uh, you know, it seemed like something fun to do. Uh, my first one, I believe, ever was sitcoms. I did an 80s, 90s, probably 70s, 80s, 90s, and 2000s bracket. That's how long ago I started doing them. Uh, and then last year during the pandemic, I did one. Uh, and then you came to me. You're like, do one with people who need a punch in the face. And, and I did that one, and it was just kind of, <laughs> which was one of my favorite ones ever. 
by the way. Uh, and then I oh, just, if we can but, only do that one now, huh? As opposed to then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like I could do that one every year, and it would be sixty-four different people every year. Uh, but then they just kind of caught because you know there wasn't no, no there wasn't any sports at the time. My Twitter following was growing a little bit, uh, so now it's like. I don't know, every, every, probably once a month, I probably do one now. I've got TV theme songs going right now. I just finished the game shows and ice cream flavors. Uh, just, I just try to do different stuff, man. Twitter's such a hellhole half the time. Try to do something that's positive and fun and different. Like, I can't just tweet, you know, BS NFL hot takes all, you know, winter long. I just can't do it. It doesn't, doesn't mean anything to me. You know, we talked about that last week on Getting Buzzed. It's just like some this stuff is meaningless in two weeks. So why are we going to argue about it? I'd rather talk about, you know, uh, family times versus family ties versus all in the family, which, you know, theme song is better. It's just more fun. Oof. What won the best sitcom? Uh, Seinfeld won the best sitcom. Okay. Which one won? Um, well, best ice cream was cookie dough, right? Cookie dough, yeah. Um, Jeopardy just won the game shows. I believe Bill Cosby won the punch in the face, uh, or, or Harvey Weinstein, I think, was the final. Uh, really? Harvey yeah. Weinstein versus Bill Cosby? <laughs> yeah, it got icky towards the towards the end because it was like really just terrible people. And I was like, maybe I shouldn't have just been like, people are in jail. R. Kelly was up there. It was, it was, it was kind of gross. It went from funny to... Dark in the last. <laughs> the final eight was pretty dark. Uh, you can you you can blame me again. I mean, I guess that's really what it is. Um, I just have uh, every once in a while, man, that dark cloud that's just kind of hovering over me, and I. <laughs> so we're gonna do fantasy Big Brother starting next week. I've been doing fantasy Survivor for a while. You mentioned Survivor. fantasy Olympics. I don't know if we'll we'll delve into the Olympics next month, but. Yeah, different stuff, man. It, it does. Uh, you know, it, listen. All right, so so here's the thing. So this is what I was thinking about for fantasy Olympics. All right, because I mean, let's face it. The the Olympics they they don't get any kind of a real draw. And and to be perfectly honest, um, it totally sucks that like you know we've got these professional athletes in it. You know, it's yeah. like it try. You know, it drives me nuts. Which is why I actually I prefer, um. Well, I mean, I guess it really doesn't matter because, you know, baseball, you still have pros in there for Team USA. Basketball, you've got pros, but you've got that for ice hockey as well. Um, you know, for the Olympics, I was going to say I like the winter more. I mean, I think I just like the events in the Winter Olympics a little bit more anyway. But so so here's what I was thinking. I was thinking that you run a, a snake draft um, mm -hmm. of countries. Yeah. Right. And then and so so you get X a number of points, you get figure you get 10 points for a for a gold medal. You get, um, you know, five points for a silver. You get two for a bronze. Um, but then what you do is then you turn around and you find like, you know, figure out like some other bonuses. Like if your country wins more than one medal in this in, in the particular event or the sport. Oh, okay. Then you get double points or something like that. Minus five if you get caught doping. Minus minus. I think we got to do an anti-doping is is a lot more. I think it's got to be like a minus twenty. Okay. I'm I'm down. I'm down for it. When are the Olympics start? I think it's like the third week in July, right? I think tomorrow. <laughs> I don't put, think it's tomorrow. Do you put, put this together for me. 
Oh, I will. I'll, I'll put it together. I'm just saying. Yeah, I give me. I want a full thing. article. I want a full article breaking down all the rules and everything like that. I want that by 8 a.m. tomorrow morning. You got it. I got to go right now. Then. <laughs> no, but listen. You know what? I mean, might as well just try and make the Olympics fun. Make it a yeah, they talk know, spirited competition. It's super easy to deal with there. I mean, you do have to look at each individual medal winner to see, you know, to track bonus points, but. That that shouldn't really be that difficult, should it? Let's have a full company meeting tomorrow to brainstorm ideas for bonus points, and we'll be we'll be good to go. All right, you got it, you got it, folks out there. If you uh, want to jump in on some fantasy Olympics, uh, you have suggestions for us. Well, as always, uh, you can tweet me at Roto Buzz Guy. You can tweet Ryan here at Fighting Chance. Hashtag Fantasy Olympics uh, makes it a little easier for us to uh, do a search and kind of discern from uh, from all of that. Um, all right, so we've talked some brackets. We've talked you being an original member of the Fantasy Alarm Band. Um, let's talk. Let's get into some football here. I'll tell you what, though. On the, uh, we'll, we'll do this on the other side. I want to give a quick shout-out to uh, our, our, good, uh, our good sponsors, pay some bills, keep the lights on with this. All right, Rye, so... Brackets, fanjections, a whole mess of stuff over at fantasyalarm.com, dfsalarm.com, the MLB DFS stuff that you do. Um, on top of all of that, you cranked out a beautiful, beautiful article. I love this piece um, for the NFL Draft Guide, the living draft guide for Fantasy Alarm. For NFL, go to fantasyalarm.com slash draft now. Uh, I think you can use that promo code draft now also to get you 20% off um, until, uh, yeah, probably till the end of the week, I guess. Um, Superflex leagues, draft strategies. Let's talk about it. First of all, do you like Superflex leagues? I love Superflex leagues. Honestly, it's grown on me from the first time I did one uh, years ago. Because, you know, you get to a lot of us playing 12 team leagues and it's one quarterback. And, you know, you just wait and wait and wait on a quarterback because there's more than 12 pretty decent quarterbacks. Of course, you know, Mahomes and Josh Allen separate themselves from the pack. Uh, but, you know, once you get to like the fourth or fifth, it's, it's a lot of the same. Uh, so it brings in a little bit more strategy to the equation. Uh, and, you know, quarterbacks are just, you know, they make the, the league go as it is anyway. So they're always a little more fun to watch. Uh, you know, the injuries have been piling up a little bit more in recent past. But, yeah, I really like Superflex leagues, and I'm glad, like, a lot of the industry leagues and leagues that I've played have all moved that way. So draft strategy-wise, I mean, let's let's get to it. Because, I mean, listen, you know, it's always that, you know, oh, let the draft come to you kind of a thing. Um, do you break down, uh, you know, do you like to break down drafts based on, like, where you're drafting, if you're in the top spot? few spots in the middle at the, uh, at the wheel, like what's your general game plan for picking up QBs in a super flex? I definitely want to get one of the first two rounds. I think is the way, especially the super draft, uh, super flex drafts I've been doing this year. I feel like people are uh, valuing quarterbacks even more than usual. I felt like in the past, like if you pick sixth or seventh, you could grab that running back and grab a, a pretty good still first quarterback at the back half. But it seems like now I'd say if you're in a 12 team league, I'd say at least seven quarterbacks are probably going in the first round. And, and, you know, we have a, a world of talent. With, seven. With, 
a seven QBs in the first round of a 12 teamer. It's going, I mean, I don't know the league that the draft that you've been in, but yeah, man. I mean, quarterback is going like crazy. Like Mahomes goes first pretty much almost every time. And Allen now after his breakout last year is going definitely top three. Dak Prescott, Kyler Murray. I mean, these guys that have just been racking up points, especially now, you know, you have these guys that run and pass. It's, It's bringing even more points. So I definitely want to grab one in my first two. Uh, no matter where I'm picking in the draft, because, you know, quarterback is the position that scores, scores the most points. Uh, so you don't want to be sitting there with, with Baker Mayfield as your first, in my opinion. Wow. Oh, man. I, you know, <laughs> shit. That's, I mean, that, that's a lot of QBs to go in the first round. It really is. It really, you know, I mean, do you, do, do, does that make sense to you? I mean, is that, I, I, I feel like, Especially when you, you know, you look at some ADPs, you know, you look at like, just take, for example, Matt Ryan versus Kirk Cousins. Mm-hmm. All right. They're about 40 picks apart in the ADP, but their numbers are virtually the same. Pretty much. You know, passing yards are, are virtually the same. Touchdown passes are virtually the same. Uh, even interceptions, they were uh, they were closer than than I, I thought they would be. Um but you know, you you so you look at that and you think, all right, well, fine. Like, I mean, taking seven QBs in that first round, even if you're taking five QBs in that first round, it just seems like a lot considering the levels, I guess. That you know, we always we know it's a deep position. And yeah, I mean, is it just the fact that you you need three in a super flex and everybody freaks yeah. out? I, I definitely think so. I think I think everyone always wants to have a quarterback in the super flex spot. Like I think if you get down to a certain level, like maybe Daniel Jones, you know, Drew Locke, uh, Teddy Bridgewater, that kind of then I'm not sure it matters so much if you have a quarterback there, but I don't know. I always feel like I always want a quarterback in the super flex spot. Uh that's why in the article I, I said to always like add another flex because I feel like that adds you know, you don't want your flex to be where you put the quarterback and then, you know, your roster is, is the two running backs and three wide receivers are always like, I'm always, always good for a, a larger roster too, but I do always like to have that third. And, and I chronicled it in the article, uh, you know, where like Kirk Carson went to everyone wanted to get rid of last year, like outscored the vast majority of quarter, uh, running backs and wide receivers. And that's just the, the, uh, you know, what what the the quarterback points are? I also suggest in 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 there to to lower the points for quarterbacks a little bit to make them not so uh, so great. Actually, it was Drew Locke is who I put in the article. He outscored every wide receiver but two. Adams and Hill were the only two wide receivers that outscored Drew Locke. So yeah, it's really important to be drafting and putting quarterbacks in that spot. Uh, you know, no one wants Drew Locke. No one has any. But, and he wasn't even that good last year, but still quarterback points in fantasy football are just really skewed uh, to where they're super important. So, yeah, I think it's it's important to have two in the first probably six rounds. Man. Wow. All right. I mean, listen, I, I get it. I do. I, I, I feel like, you know, the, the one thing that you can't do, and I think I tried this um, might've been last year in the Scott fishbowl where I tried to, Wait on quarterback, and it was it was a bad idea. Yeah, it was it was a terrible idea, and <laughs> I mean, I got you know destroyed with that. And 
you know, I, I guess that's the thing is you gotta, as a, as a fantasy analyst, you have to basically throw away everything that you've been conditioned for, for the last, you know, whatever, 15, 20 years of regular leagues and waiting on QBs and stuff like that to, you know, super flex your, everybody's got to draft them early. Like Definitely. that. I, I think, I feel like that's something that, you know, kind of gets lost and you know what? I mean, it kind of, you know, analysts sit there all the time. And they're like, oh man, it's such a huge QB run here. It's bullshit, blah, blah, blah. The position so deep and get the value, blah, blah, blah. I mean, that's kind of irrelevant when you think about the fact that if it's a 12-team league and everybody's gunning for three quarterbacks because they want to cover the bye week, that's 36 QBs. Yeah, you're talking, you're talking not starters anymore. But really, I mean, even if everyone shoots for two, and the quarter, the position is deep, but it's not twenty-four deep, not not of quality, you know. So I think people freaking, and they're all about. And that's the other thing, like you have to read your draft. I mean, you could be in some where everyone's taking their first two quarterbacks in the first four rounds, and I'm sorry, but you have to act. Others, maybe you can wait seven, three, you know, seven, eight rounds. You do have to read the room of what you're in. Uh, you know, if you see quarterbacks aren't going, okay, then you can adjust and be like, okay, I don't need to freak in this draft and, and draft real early. Or you can, you know, act early and get two studs. But reading the room, I think, is really important. I know it's hard. A lot of us are in leagues where we don't necessarily know the people in the league, whether it's, you know, it's online or whatever. But, you know, paying attention to what's going on around you is, is really important as far as when to pull the trigger on different positions. Yeah. Man. I um I I think the only super flex league I'm in actually is Scott Fishbowl. Well, I invite you to get in some more because maybe we'll make the fantasy alarm staff league a super flex this year. I'm sure everybody would love it. I feel like it was last year as well. I feel like I did some sort of maybe that was like Fenty's late night freaks league or something like that, where they made it a, a super flex as well. I mean, listen, I, I you know, I I get it. And I guess that's you know part of the whole thing. Is that, I mean, you know, and one of the things I love about the Scott Fishbowl is that you get just fans in there who are like, fuck this, man, I'm going to blow this shit up right now. You know, oh, every <laughs> time. And I'd like you to please refer to me as a fantasy alarm uh, staff league champion uh, going forward because I did win it last year. But uh, yeah, I told somebody the other day that's in the Scott Fishbowl, I'm like, throw everything out the window because you have no idea what's going to happen in your draft. There's always something crazy in your draft. Someone in there is, is doing some sort of strategy because they think they have to differentiate themselves from the thousands of other people in this to win. And you don't necessarily have to do that. You just have to, you know, catch a few breaks and get a and hit on a few late draft picks. You don't need to draft six kickers first to try to break the scoring system. You don't win that way. You just make a few lucky breaks. Like, I got Josh Allen, I don't know, fifth or sixth round because nobody wanted him because of the negative points for incompletions and his, his accuracy wasn't all that great. Well, he, you know, turned it around and had a great season last year and I got lucky. I mean, I made it to a second round of the playoffs. It wasn't like I won it or anything. But those are the things that, that you have to do. You have to hit late to win Scott Fishbowl, not reinvent the wheel. What pick do you have this year? Fifth. How do you feel about that? I'm fine. I don't really pay attention to draft order wherever I pick. You can win from anywhere. You don't know. I mean, the two of the first three guys could go down with injury in week one. Then what the hell good was the first pick? Or, you know, so uh, I don't really care where I draft. I never request a spot. Wherever I get, I get and, you know, just do the best that I can with, with what happens in front of me. You know, I thought I didn't request a spot either. And I think 
somehow I requested 10th and I ended up 10th and I'm, I'm okay with that. I like picking at the, uh, at the back end. I, you know, I think that's really what it comes down to me is I, I feel like picking at the back end uh, of the first round of, of the Scott fishbowl, it allows you to just kind of, just kind of see the room a little bit, you know, it's like, okay. So, you know, the, you know, people rushing in on quarterbacks or are they going with the, you know, standard RB move there? Who's going crazy. Who's going getting, you know, Kelsey one, one, whatever it is. Like, you know, you get, I got nine picks in front of me and I think I have a better idea to ascertain not only who I'm going to go after, but then, you know, what, what could be coming back to me for the, uh, for the second round and the direction that I have to take based on seeing what everybody else is doing. Like if I, you know, you know, if, if let, let's just say for example, that everybody goes, you know, like running back early with like a Kelsey splash in there and, you know, figure two QBs, right. By the time it gets to me, I know that I'm, one of my two picks is going to have to be a QB. Because if I don't, if I'm like, oh, wow, shit, man, look at that. I can get myself, you know, Nick Chubb and DeAndre Hopkins with my first two picks. Um, I know that with so few QBs going off the board that early that, you know, I, I'd be dead if I didn't. Yeah, you definitely get a, a little bit of a, a view of what everyone's going to do. And plus you get that third round reversal, which is going to help you out. Um, oh, I love that so much. So 10, yeah, 10 is... Uh, I guess I maybe I should have thought of that, but eh, we'll see what happens. Um, I told you I didn't even remember, but when we talked about this with Scott Fish, I didn't even remember about the third round reversal. I was like, "Oh yeah!" Like I, you know, I'll tell you what. Third round reversal, I could I could double tap the QBs early, and mm -hmm. then still end up with a nice running back for my uh, for my third round. Absolutely. And that is that, you know, that could be a, a winning strategy. If you can end up with, say, I don't know if Dak Prescott makes it there, but maybe Prescott and, and the Kirk Cousins or, or something like that, or maybe even shoot a little bit higher than that. What do you feel about DeAndre uh, uh, Deshaun Watson? I, I, I have to ask you because I'm, I'm eating up the discount. Uh, I, I just feel like he's going to play. He's going to play for Houston and he's going to be okay. And he's, so talented and going so late based on obviously his legal trouble. Uh, but I'm willing to take the risk. I don't know about you. I haven't seen the, um, I haven't seen the recent report, so I can't really, I can't really say as it stood before it was a no pick for me. Like okay. I just, you know, everything, everything was pointing in the direction of, of him being bounced from the league this year, you know, suspended or just, you know, whatever, just walking away for the year to get his legal shit in order. So it was it was a no pick for me, but I mean I mean I'd have to see what happens. Or I just feel like nothing yet. is. I feel like nothing has happened for like weeks. So that's making me think that they're either working this out or I don't know. But the longer this goes on without any news, uh, I think is probably good for Watson. But I guess we'll we'll see. But I mean, what fishbowl starts what next Monday? So. Does it does man now? See now I'm like ooh, think about that third round reversal again. I'm like ooh, get me some like Dak Prescott, some Justin Sherbert. Oh yeah, he's my guy. I, I really I hope he keeps the hair. He can't cut the hair again because it all went downhill once he once he made that ridiculous haircut. You 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 like him looking like uh, 
Brad Pitt on steroids. Yes, absolutely. That's the, <laughs> that's the Justin Herbert I want. Not the, the kid from like the Life Serial commercial that he looked like after he cut his hair. He, he really looked like he was like 13 years old. It was I felt bad for him. Like the team came in, he stole all these touchdowns. He was like a heartthrob. And then he, and he you know, cut all his hair off and everybody's like, oh. It's like, it's like, he's like in eighth grade earth science. And, and, Dude, and you, know the, you know the veterans probably made him do it. They were probably like, oh shit, world's just going to eat you up. You're going to get all this attention. Everybody's going to love you. Let's give you the ugliest haircut we can right now. <laughs> That's probably true. The, the rookie hazing. Right? The the only other thing they could have done was give him a mullet. Which would have been terrible. It the, usually the, is. Uh, Richie Incognito look. Oh, jeez, Richie Incognito. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Oh, my Lord. Wow. I just brought, I just brought the show all the way down. I apologize. <laughs> Right, you bring up like the the big bully on the uh, on the football field. Yeah. Um, go ahead. <laughs> nothing. I was just going to change the subject rather good, good. Than, rather than, rather than ruin you, man. Sorry. Please, please change the subject. All right, so so let's talk more about Superflex. So here we go. We've got all right. So so far, I like the idea of adding a second flex. Right, you do like one, you two flexes. One's a Superflex. One's a regular flex. I like that. Um, you gotta have to get those QBs early, otherwise everybody's gonna kind of bum rush you on that. Um, you know, is it? Do you just follow general fantasy draft strategy beyond that? Like once you get those first couple of rounds out of the way, and all the quarterbacks have been, you know, pretty much bled dry, uh, it just turns into a regular football draft for you, right? Yeah, I guess I guess after a while, uh, it's uh, like I said, it's those first five or six rounds that that I think are the most important in the superflex, and then yeah, you, you're kind of filling it up. But I, I do like having that third. So you know, when you ha- when you feel like you have to make the move, here's a I, I'm always like I never go into a draft saying this is my strategy. I'm picking running back, wide receiver, blah, blah, blah. Like I don't ever do that because you don't ever know what's going to happen. Especially like you, you're picking 10th in the fishbowl. You don't know what the nine picks in front of you are going to be. So you can't really say, oh, I'm picking this guy or this position because you don't know what's going to happen. Like last year, you know, I had the ninth pick, I think, and Travis Kelsey fell to me. I didn't expect it. And I grabbed him. It turned out to be a good decision because he had a good season. I, but, you know, you don't maybe Kelsey falls to you at 10. Then you have to, you know, then you have to rethink your your situation of of drafting a quarterback first. So, uh, but I do like to have that third. I I do always like to have a quarterback in that super flex spot. So, you know, again, it goes back to monitoring your draft. And and here's something that I always like to do. I like to do this pretty much at every position, but especially, you know, like a quarterback or tight end. I have a guy on, on my list that I'm like, this is the last guy that I'm happy with on my roster. Once it goes past him, then I think it's all shit and I'm not, I'm not interested. And when that guy starts coming towards the top of the list, that's when you have to act. So, you know, <laughs> whether it's a round or two earlier than maybe you wanted to, or a round or two later than maybe you wanted to, like, this is my dead stop worst guy I'm good with. And who is that? Let's start at the quarterback position. Who is that guy that worst, like they can't, if, if I want three QBs, this is the lowest I'll go. Uh, maybe Fitzpatrick, uh, Fitzpatrick Wentz area. 
Uh, although I kind of, I don't mind Fitzpatrick as a second. I, I don't want to go like down to Darnold. I don't want to go down to like uh, you know any of the rookies. What's wrong um, with Sam Darnold, dude? I mean, I I'm just not buying it. I just I saw way too much of just stuff I didn't like from him. I know he's got a different coach and and an actual you know someone with an offensive mind and not Adam Gase. He's got a couple decent weapons. He can run a little bit, uh, but I just saw a lot of bad decision making. Maybe it was the line in front of him and the lack of weapons, but I'm not. Uh, I'm just not a believer that this this change in situation is going to all of a sudden turn him into like a real quarterback. Yeah, see, I think the complete opposite of you. So now I want you to pick a quarterback who's like ranked down in like similar area there. And I want you to bet me who's going to have a better season. Uh, let's put some, let's put some action on this. All right. Um, I mean, do you think Ben is down there? Who? Ben Roethlisberger. Um, people, people are waiting. Or Tua. I'm, I'm willing to give you Tua. You're saying Tua has a better season than Sam. Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh, oh, we're we're so on for that. Okay, I think two is going to take a nice step forward. Another year away from the hip injury, uh, a decent, a few new weapons in Waddle and Will Fuller. Uh, I, I, he would have been the number one overall pick if it wasn't for that horrible injury. I, I think two is taking a nice step forward this year. I'll take that all day long. All right, are we? How are we? How are we grading this? Are we grading this just strictly on fantasy points? I, yeah, I would say fantasy points. Okay. All right. All right. PPR. Oh, it's a quarterback. Doesn't matter. <laughs> That's, well, always my That's always my favorite in the fantasy alarm chest. PPR, uh, Matt Ryan or Kyler Murray. <laughs> wow. All right. Well, now we got to figure out what the hell we're going to bet. Well, we have some time to do that. I think we're both heavily invested in this. So we, I think we have some, unless you want to do it like right here on the show. No, I mean, you know, we're, we'll, we'll get some time to think about it here, but I think that we need to have this locked in before training camp. Just just saying because, um, you know, you, you're going to see what Tua looks like and then you're going to puss out. Because you're, the five interceptions in the world practice where everybody's in shorts and nobody's paying attention. <laughs> yeah, I'm not buying that either. I, yeah, I think he's going to be just fine. All right. Oh, I love this. I love this. I'll, right. I'll hold a sign on the side of a busy road here that says, I love Howard Bender. Um. Yeah, yeah, yeah. While like you're getting pied in the face by your daughter, Morgan. Whatever you want to do. Well, well, let's take let's take some time to be creative and think this out. Let's take some time to be creative. Exactly. So I'm going to need. Um, you know, and obviously your wife can supervise this, your girlfriend can supervise this, but I need to have a conversation with Morgan. She needs to be on the planning on what your punishment is. Okay. I don't have a girlfriend, so we're good there. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. I think this is going to be fun. Did you get married? You're married, right? I've been married for seven years again. Jesus. Right. I don't pay attention. I feel I bad just, for everybody who's married. I just. <laughs> I jumped right back in like, like not that long after. I don't know. I got it right this time, though, so that's good. Well, that's good. That's very good. But, um, uh, yeah, well, your wife can supervise the conversation. We just need to plot against you without you knowing what it is. Okay, well, I'll give you her, her number off the show. <laughs> well, just give it to I, me right now. It's just you and me. 
It's nine one two. No. <laughs> I I'm all about this. I'm I'm winning this one for sure. Come on, dude. It's, I mean, it's, wait. We also have to set like a minimum number of games. Like you can't just be because somebody got it. Like, oh I yeah, yeah. I mean, they yeah. have to start. They have to start at least what 12, 14 games. Twelve was what was in my head. Yeah. Twelve was what was in your head. Yeah. So yeah, they have to start at least twelve games, and uh, yeah, go from there. I right. love it. I love it. Tua. Tua I'm excited. A, what a chucklehead. Oh, <laughs> the consensus number one pick for three years. And he's a chucklehead. I know. You know who else was a consensus number one pick? Jamarcus but, Russell. Yeah, well, that's true too. But I mean, he never showed anything. I mean, I'll say this. Like Tua, like I love the the coaching system that that they've got over in Carolina. And I think that this is the perfect spot for Darnold. Not only, you know, it's Joe Brady and Matt Rule, but you know, he's got the familiarity with with Robbie Anderson. Um, I just I love the style of offense they run. They do all those underneath uh slants, right? Which helps set everything up. So, you know, you got all these slants. And then you, so you've got three wide receivers who are lined up. So it's DJ Moore running one way. Um, you got Robbie Anderson running another. They're going to have Terrace Marshall in that Curtis Samuel role. And then you float out Christian McCaffrey. It's like, where does the coverage go? I mean, it just opens things up so beautifully for him to just, you know, hit these guys over the middle, yards after the catch. And then that shit will open up all the deep passing which is something that Teddy Bridgewater couldn't do. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't see it. I, I, they ran the same offense last year. I know McCaffrey was hurt a lot, but, and, you know, Bridgewater was limited, but I don't see Darnold as being any star down the field thrower either. So I, I still remember, God damn, I wish I remember who they were playing. It was like a Thursday night game and he threw one deep and it was so underthrown, but the guy still caught it and ran it in for a touchdown. And it was, it was a terrible throw, but it worked out for him. I, I, I just don't see the talent. All right. Well, there you go. Tua versus Sam Darnold. Do you want to give me your reasons why you like Tua? Yeah. I mean, obviously not every college quarterback translates to the NFL, uh, but I, you know, he's careful with the ball. He didn't make many bad decisions last year. Uh, I think he was, I think they really kind of held him back because of the injury and because of his first year certainly didn't always look good. Uh, but like I said, they brought in Will Fuller. They drafted his, his college teammate Jalen Waddle. Uh, I think they've got a nice complement of weapons, a, a decent running game, a decent offensive line. Uh, and I think the second year things will slow down for him. And I, and I expect him to take a nice step forward. All right. Well, there's the pitch from, from Ryan Hallam on Tua. I've got Sam Donald. I gave my pitch. Um, we're going to throw this out. I'll tell you what, when this, uh, when this pub, this, uh, podcast airs, uh, publishes officially, uh, I'm going to put out a poll. Um, and we're going to, we're going to rock this, man. We will get, we will get some public opinion also, uh, as far as what the bet should be. Oh, absolutely. Definitely. Definitely tweet us again at our two handles and Annie up or, or whatever NFL bet or whatever you want to do. Uh, what you would love to see. Because I think we proved, I think you and I proved with the pie bet and other things that neither one of us are really uh, against making a fool of ourselves for the greater good. So as long as every, as long as the people are happy, as long as, you know, we like the charity being involved and it's making people happy. 
Like seriously, how how happy were were, were your wife and your daughters uh, when they got to Paya? Oh my god, they stopped talking about it forever. My wife did like the first two or three, and then she was good. And then like the kids, just like Morgan, just took it over. The one kid made me bleed because like the the <laughs> the metal uh, pan hit me in the face with one, uh, and they were all concerned about that. But then I did on Christmas, like the last week. And I was over at my mom's house and I just let everyone who came to the house pie me. And so I took like eight in that, in that one day and everyone had a ball. So, you know, whatever, I, you know, ate a bunch of, you know, apples and, and whipped cream. What's the, what's the crime there? And then fantasy alarm went to charity. I got a free t-shirt out of it and everybody had a good time. <laughs> we have to, we're, we got to come up with a new one this year. I know we do. We do. We got time there. All right. Well, Ryan, dude, thank you so much, man. Appreciate you uh, you hanging out with me. Folks, check out his article in the NFL Draft Guide, NFL fantasyalarm.com slash NFL. What, what's wrong with me? Fantasyalarm.com slash draft now. Promo code draft now is 20% off. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's the bargain of all time. It, it, it upsets me how much we sell it for, but for real. I'm I mean, not going to get into that again. Or just on, uh, I think Coop was on you last time. Just for his stuff, it's worth sixteen bucks. Dude, absolutely, hundred percent. Dude does so, some real research. Coop's very, very good. I love him so much. Love what he brings to the table, guys. Everybody brings a heat to the table here when it comes to the Fantasy Alarm NFL Draft Guide. You got to get yourself a copy of it. Uh, the the content that's already rolling out right now is fantastic. Content that you're about to get that's going to start up. Uh, even more so after 4th of July weekend is going to be game changing. Absolutely game changing. So that's going to do it for us here on the Annie Up podcast. Again, big thanks to Ryan Hallam. Give him a follow on Twitter at Fighting Chance and check him out. Visit him in the uh, the Discord channels over here at Fantasy Alarm uh, as well. But for now, I'm Howard Benner. This has been Annie Up. And we'll catch you next time.